This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus. Hope Lives Friday side notes. Uh, On Fridays, we're going to uh, delve into some side notes. And what are side notes? They may be historical issues that I want to deal with that give you a biblical perspective. It might be something economic, might be something from the Bible, might be some symbolism from the Bible, or it might even just be some ideas, philosophical, maybe even scientific that interest me and that I think the Bible either speaks to, or they shed light on scripture and allow you to understand and see scripture in uh, maybe a new, a different, a more in-depth way than you saw it before. So uh, Friday Side Notes is a dealer's choice type situation for me in, in that I am going to just give you information that is important. Welcome to Friday Side Notes. This Friday, we're going to talk about the idea of gift and what does a gift in scripture, what does a gift actually mean? And uh, as an attorney, when you say gift, I always go back to uh, law school and my mind uh, drifts back to things that I had to memorize in law school or I had to memorize and then figure out what I was memorizing actually meant and what a great process that was. And it what really was because it caused me to uh, think deeply. And, and I went to law school after I'd been a pastor for a couple of decades. And when I uh, was there, I was challenged mentally in a way that I hadn't been challenged in a long, long time. And it was an exciting time. And when I think about gift, it's important that I I, I remember what I learned in law school. And the reason uh, that's important is because the main thing I learned about the Bible and about our uh, system of government and about our laws is that primarily as I was studying through law school, I could take you to in scripture in almost every class where the ideas that were forming our laws or the laws that I was learning or the uh, foundational laws that are taught in law school, I could take you in scripture where, to where they were. I could show you how they related and how they were the foundation for what we were studying in law school that day. And uh, what was so exciting about it is to realize how Western society, how our, our laws, our common law, which we received from England, which was formed over centuries of those who studied and those who fought over the ideas of natural rights, individual freedom, freedom of liberties that were given to us by God. And when I think about the law and I think about it in relation to scripture, I realize that scripture is the foundation of law. And a lot of these foundational issues that you come to understand in law school derive themselves from well, they derive themselves from God's word because they're based off of truth. And in law school, gift was easy. It was Ida, I-D-A. And it meant in order for a gift to be fulfilled, meaning for it to actually reach the level of being a gift, you had to have intent, you had to have delivery, and you had to have acceptance. Intent means that you had to have, to have the intent to give it to somebody. If I left it on the counter and you picked it up, 
and you said you gave this to me, it would be fundamentally not a gift because I did not intend uh, for you to have it. I just left it on the counter. So it requires intent. Then obviously it requires delivery in some form or fashion. I've got to offer it to you in such a way that you can receive it. And in order for there to be in law, you must have some form of delivery, uh, meaning it has to be presented in some way to you. And then finally, there has to be a reception or an acceptance of that gift. And uh, the reason there has an acceptance of that gift is because if you don't accept it, you don't have to take on the responsibilities that might come with whatever's being given to you. Say, for instance, if I gave you a, a garbage dump, well, you might say, I don't accept that garbage dump because I realize the EPA and and all the rules and all the things that go along with that garbage dump. And I might have to even one day do something about it because you didn't handle the garbage dump properly. And to tell you the truth, I just don't want a garbage dump. And so I don't, obviously I would not have title. I would not have ownership of that gift because I had not received it to myself. I've not taken it in. And uh, that's important because in scripture, God, and, and by the way, that understanding of law comes from well, hundreds of years ago, it goes all the way back to uh, Roman times. And understanding that is important because I believe that it foundationally came from scripture. In fact, Jesus himself, when he was talking to uh, the woman at the well and uh, they were conversating, he says in uh, chapter four, verse 10, Jesus said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it was and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Notice Jesus is describing himself as the gift of God. I think that's a very powerful statement that he makes of, of himself. In fact, it's a title that he's given himself. He is the gift of God. What a, what a, if you just think about him saying that to that woman at that, who had no real friends, who was uh, isolated in society, who'd been married several times and who really was an outcast. And he, Jesus himself, he, he could have described himself in so many ways. And uh, the way he described himself was to be the gift of God. And, uh, and she was getting to actually meet the gift of God. And that was life-changing for her. And we know it was life-changing because she couldn't shut up about it. She went back to the town and told everybody uh, about Jesus. And the whole village uh, was changed because of that. And quite honestly, the, the fact that Jesus presented himself to her as the gift of God. And so we know Jesus is the gift of God, which means that God had an intent for Jesus. And we know that he's sovereign. He had a sovereign will. He, he, he foreordained Jesus from the foundation of time. The Bible says that you know, Jesus was slain from the foundation of time, which means there was a great intent in everything that has to do with Jesus. We know of all the prophecies uh, that Jesus fulfills. We know that uh, Jesus presents himself that way. And so ultimately, Jesus is the gift of God. And we also find in, well, one of our two major theological books in the New Testament, uh, Romans and Hebrews, we find in Romans chapter six, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Notice the gift of God is eternal life that comes from Jesus Christ. And Jesus even says, he says in John, he says, those whom the father give me, I give them, notice there's a giving there. I give them eternal life. It's not something that has to be earned. It's not something that has to be uh, bartered for. It's something that's freely 
given. And um, I know that there's many debates out there and uh, between Calvinism and Arminianism, and then you can go down deeper and you can, there's all kinds of forms of Arminianism and there's all kinds of forms of Calvinism. And then there's, there's even a whole other theological understandings. And the truth is I don't get into those debates a whole lot. In fact, I don't really, I just preach the Bible verse by verse. I don't get into them in the sense that I, um, that I preach them or even teach them. What, I do know them. I do uh, listen to those who are very knowledgeable and spent their whole life studying those things. I do listen to them because I, I believe I get insights from them. And and anybody who's wrestled with anything that's uh, God's word, I want to hear what they've got to say about it because I love to hear uh, what God has uh, revealed to them in their wrestling with him. And, and maybe I won't have to do that one wrestling match with God. He wrestles with me enough. And, and the truth is he has to pin me down a lot. And I love to hear people debate and argue and not really debate as Christians, but discuss and come to uh, some resolutions or even just uh, talk about their own insights as to God's word. I love to hear that go on. I don't consider myself in any theological camp. I do love, uh, I do love theology and I do love uh, the doctrines of the faith. And I do love people talking about them and understanding them. And so I'm not really dealing with that right now. And I, I want you to hear that today. And, and I want you to hear that most of the time when you hear teach God's word. I am just going to teach God's word as it's presented. And I'm going to use it to explain things. And I'm going to give you my unique insight and the things that I've had to do to wrestle with God and to understand God's word from my perspective. But I, I do have a belief that every believer uh, has to come to their own understanding. I believe one of the fundamental principles of scripture is the priesthood of the believer in the New Testament. And each believer has to come on their own. They have to have their own conversion experience. They have to have their own turning toward him. They have to have their own. Well, if you're going to think about it in terms of gift, they're going to have their own acceptance. They got to, they have to, at some point in time, they have to turn and uh, repent and receive the free gift that God has given them. And that's why I do believe that gift is comes from the 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 law of the United States and, and our common law comes from the biblical idea of gift. And I, I do want you to hear that uh, gift is have has a very important result. And that is something that you can't take back a gift. And in fact, God even says that in his word. Same book, the book of Romans chapter 11, verse 25 says this, for the gift and calling of God are irrevocable, meaning God does not revoke his gift. He does not take it back. And uh, revoke is an intensely legal word, by the way. And actually, it's a biblical word that we've made intensely legal. And the reason we've done that is because it's got, it's got great significance. And to revoke means to take back. Revoke means to uh, have offered something and then to remove that from the table. And once something is revoked, it cannot be revived unless the one who revoked it revives it. And uh, the Bible says, for the gift and calling of God are irrevocable, which means it's not possible to call it back or to take it back. And we understand that those gifts are the spiritual gifts, but uh, primarily we understand that the gifts that are being discussed here are, are the most important gifts that God gives us. And that gift is Jesus himself and eternal life, because Jesus said he is the gift of God. And Jesus is the one who gives us the gift of eternal life in that he says, those whom the Father give me, I give them as a gift, eternal life. And so the gift and calling God are irrevocable. And uh, so when you have a spiritual gift and you uh, mess up and you mess up your life, 
The calling's irrevocable. His gifting of you is irrevocable. What he's made you for, no matter you cannot mess it up so bad that you can't do it anymore. You are you are a part of the gift of God and his calling on your heart and your life, your purpose for being made is irrevocable, as well as the grace and the mercy and the gift of God that we receive in eternal life through Jesus Christ. Those things are irrevocable and they can't be taken away. God will not take them away because he's made them by his own decree, irrevocable. And so I would say to you today, no matter where you find yourself, no matter how big a struggle you may have in life, no matter what your daily wanderings are, I want you to hear me today. If you've heard Jesus's voice, his call is not gone away for you. And if you've uh, received and you've turned and repented and received all the goodness of God in your life, you cannot mess that up. You just are not experiencing it because you're not walking in it. What you've got to do is you've got to return around. You've got to remember your first love and turn back to him and allow that goodness, that grace, that mercy to be revived in your heart, to be rekindled in your soul. And if you'll do that, then all that God has ever said or done or prepared for you is still on the table and still available. And I would encourage you in the most uh, stringent of terms, the, the most passionate I can, I would encourage you to turn back to him and rekindle the faith that he has placed in you so that you might walk in the gift of God, which is Jesus Christ, his eternal life, and the grace and mercy that flows from him. I would say to you, walk in it completely. Do not allow the enemy to shame you out of it. Do not allow your hurt heart to keep you from the goodness of God. You turn to him. He says, if you'll come to me, I'll turn to you. And he's going to receive you to himself. And so I would say, do it. Don't turn away from it. Turn to God. Allow him to change you. In the name of Jesus, amen. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.